just telling it to random. He might have conjunctivitis. I'm Q. And I'm Jewish Dave. Wait, do I say that? No. And I'm, wait, do I? It can't have been that long. It can't. <laughs> I'm Q and I'm Jewish. Yeah, it is. I'm Jewish Dave. I was thinking, do I say Dave? And this yeah. is Bird Road. And this is Bird Road. This is Bird Road. So uh, this is our first episode of the new year. Um, so let's get it started, Dave. Stand up, get on your scale, and let's explain to the people what we're doing. Okay. So should we explain it and then get on the scale, or should it get on the scale? And you, then- you stand up and get on the scale, and I'll and I'll and I'll explain what's going okay. on. So here's the deal, everybody. Big news. We've, we we're having our second. Um, oh wow! Is that an? Is, oh, that's an arcade game in your in your studio. That's cool. I wish I had arcade games in my studio. Uh, so we have our second, um, I'm not going to say second cause that makes it sound sad. It's only the second one in, in, uh, in a full year of doing That's the not show. bad. Dude, most podcasts don't have, well, you, you continue, but I don't want to. So we got a show lined up, uh, the owners of, um, or the management of union beer store, which is here in Miami, Florida and little Havana, uh, reached out and, um, I had they did the work for me because they reached out and asked us to perform a show at their awesome spot in Little Havana on Cayocho on Eighth Street, and uh, Dave got on the internet immediately and bought a plane ticket. So he's coming here. So Thursday, February twenty first, we're going to be doing our our next live show, Union Beast Union Beer Store, Little Havana. We'll uh, remind you as we get a little closer to that date. But we thought a a, a fun a fun bit for that. As we start the new year, committed to weight loss between our two rotund bodies, might be to weigh ourselves and see who can lose the most weight. Now, I want to explain this. That's why we have the scales out, and that's why um, you know we're gonna we're gonna check ourselves right now, see what we weigh, and 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 move forward from from there. But I think to be fair, this has to be percentage of your body weight, right? So you might, Dave. I don't know. More specifically, I might lose more pounds than you but -hmm. you might win because we'll do some quick math there on the stage and we'll figure out like you know 20 pounds for you is because i weigh like 25 pounds more than you do so 20 pounds for you if you lost 20 pounds that would be a greater percentage of your body weight than if i lost 20 pounds so sure we'll we'll throw that 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 governor on there to make sure that uh (laughs) this is a political show after all that's the worst. I'm cutting that part out. <laughs> I'm cutting that joke out. You, you like it, was, it wasn't even the right play on words. You didn't even. You don't. You don't know what I meant by governor. You thought I was talking about like a, a, a an elected political position. Of course, I knew what you meant by governor. God damn it! Damn it! I fucking hate you. So I know, I know things. I know a few did, things. Union Beer Store, Thursday, February 21st. Come see the both of us uh, perform live and see who gets less fat. On the topic of other shows, before we get to piecing it together, I want to recommend everybody um, keep an eye on your feed. Go subscribe to Red Tide Radio. Red Tide Radio is a a newish podcast. It's the official podcast of the um, Miami Democratic Socialists of America chapter. And I'm going to be producing that show from now on. And uh, we're going to have a, a revolving cast of um, guests and members of the chapter. And we're going to maybe have some um, surprise folks involved in Miami politics and also some people involved in uh, the National Socialist Movement. So I'm going to be you're not going to hear my voice, but I'm going to be producing it and releasing it. Nice. And um, so what's going on and piecing it together, Dave? Well, we just did a episode, uh, our first episode of the year on an indie horror film called Dry Blood uh, from Dread Central Presents. And then uh, coming up uh, I'm not sure when this is going to go up, but on Monday, we're doing a follow-up with the writer and star of that movie, uh, Clint Carney. And so that's going to be uh, a really great conversation. We just did it the other day. And then we've got two episodes back-to-back on movies that have been out for a while but are finally coming out on Blu-ray or VOD. And that's A Star is Born and Halloween. So those are going to be our next two episodes. We're kind of catching up but at the same time we we timed it for the uh for the home release that way more people get to see it before we do the episode so uh those are what's coming up next also just a very quick uh shout out 
uh, to another movie podcast called Cinematically Correct. They uh, actually hired me to do their voiceover and music bumpers for their show. So check it out and you hear me doing the, uh, the old in a world voice. <laughs> you look like that guy from yeah. um, that Lake Bell movie, that Lake Bell movie. movie. Fred Melamed. <laughs> yeah, Fred Melamed. That's, that's it. amazing. <laughs> I'll take it. I don't care. I'm sure he was your dad. If you didn't look identical to your actual dad, I would guess that that, that Fred Melamed was your dad. Um, so I don't know, man. How's your How's your beginning of your new year going? It's been good. It's been It's been all honestly this whole fucking weight loss thing that's been kind of taking over my life. Um, you want to talk I, about that a little bit? You know, we, do you want to say what uh we what, could. What, 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 your, what your day's like? I don't want to bore the people, but I mean, I basically eat a lot of meat. I eat a lot of cheese, a lot of vegetables, and uh, exercise five six days a week. And, and so I've been far, trying to copy you a little bit. Yeah, and, you've um, been getting a little uh, a little little pointers from me here and there. Um, yeah. I'm, da- I'm down 32 pounds so far. So wow. we're, we're, we're officially getting into the, uh, the realm of it's going to be tough to continue, but yeah. I absolutely plan on it. Um, well, that's great. You must be under 350 now. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting there. I actually just broke 250. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I have not lost that much weight, but I'm always sick these days and always making mistakes with my diet and I'm always doing terrible things to myself and to others. And, uh, so I'm trying to do that thing. The, the, the paleo, well, not paleo. What is it called? Echo? Keto. Keto. It's not called echo. Um, <laughs> So I'm trying to do that thing too, but I have way more cheats than you do. I cheat all the time because I feel like I have a stronger constitution and I don't know if that's the way that, that, that science works, but I I feel like I have more room to cheat because I want to. (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't think it works that way. Um, You're breaking up. I can't hear you. You can't hear me. Good. That You're works breaking out. Up. That works out well. <laughs> that works out perfectly well. Um, Here's the way that you're wrong. Here's the science behind well, it. Let me hang on. Let me pull out my PowerPoint. <laughs> why don't um why don't we we switch uh switch gears from the weight loss thing? We're gonna be oh, going God. into that at our live show. Um That's true. Yeah, why don't we move on? How how has the beginning of your year been? I mean, okay. Um not really. Like it's been terrible. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just getting back into the swing with work. And then like, I don't know, like all the things that you just didn't even come close to accomplishing as another year takes off and you just get a little older and it's my birthday at the end of the month. And that's not going to be any good. It's going to be terrible. And I don't want, I don't know. I have a little bit be? of like, uh, I don't I don't even really know. Um, <laughs> I have a little bit of a, what do you call it? I have like a little sanctuary, like on the, like right now it's the weekend and I'm finishing up a weekend that literally flew by. Like I feel like I just walked out of work on Friday and I have this little bit of sanctuary here in my home, like stepping through, you know, clay and Legos on the floor and, it's my it's my little ha- my little haven, you know. It's nice. It's it's annoying, but I can control it. And the the two people and one dog that I occupy the space with, like, they're the people that I like want that I've made the choice to be around, yeah. and I like want to be around them. And almost everybody else doesn't qualify for that. Mm. And um, so you know, it's 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 a mixed bag, man. Like, I'm gonna have to go back to work tomorrow. Work is fine. Like I shouldn't complain. It's it's better than most people's job. And uh, but it's just a slog, dude. I don't know. People feel regenerated. I never get the thing where people are like rejuvenated or regenerated for the beginning of the year. It, it, it feels like you're just getting like another pack, like backpack filled with lead thrown on your back. Well, it's kind. It's kind of just uh, the next day, except for you just were stuck with like seven straight days of holidays. So it's you, the yeah. It's the next day, but with this arbitrary <laughs> concept shared universally that puts everyone behind the eight ball and is yeah. like just 
creates this void where nothing can get done for 10 days. And all you have is existential dread about (laughs) the shit that you're not getting done. And whether like people who you owe it to are going to take pity on you when everybody actually gets back from, you know, this, 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 this shared delusion that we all have that this one day randomly in the middle of, uh, of the winter means anything. Um, so yeah, I've been dealing with that, which is cool. It's awesome, man. I mean, at least you get to see me soon, right? At least I don't work for the government, Dave. <laughs> Segway. Segway. Federal it. government. Yeah. Um, tell us about what's going on with the government right now. Maybe it'll be. Maybe this will be solved by t- by the time the podcast comes out tomorrow. It doesn't seem like it'll be. Um, you know, as as we know, for anybody who's been listening before the end of the year, uh, I have taken a break from paying attention to politics pretty much whatsoever. Uh, however, I do know that the government is in a partial shutdown and doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon. I can't imagine how it's going to end anytime soon. There's not going to be any. I mean, is there even a potential for some form of deal? No, I don't see anything on the horizon. I mean, there's someone's there, going to have to back down like 100 percent, basically. There's new data out that shows that 24 percent more um, Americans, I guess, polled uh, believe or blame the Republican Party and Donald Trump, who's is the leader of the Republican Party, for the shutdown than Democrats. He can't relent. He can't because this is his campaign promise. This is like his right. big campaign promise. He can't come. He, he can't back off of this. Uh, he's already lost some of his most ardent supporters when he looked just a month ago, like he was going to back up and, and, and give up on the wall and kind of, he was going to try to pull the sort of hand wave magic that he's so good at where he just says, he, he just changes what things meant retroactively. Sure. Yeah. Where he'll just say like, well, the wall wasn't really a wall. It was just an idea or some shit like that. <laughs> and, but he got called out on it by people, you know, on Fox news and, Ann Coulter and, and they immediately shit right all, all over him. Um, because that's their big thing there that he has to remember that for a lot of these people, they don't care about most issues and they'll side with him, especially his supporters will side with him on a lot of things like, uh, you know, the, we've talked about like all the hypocrisy and shit like that. Like, um, Oh, well these, these Republicans were supposed to be the party of fiscal conservatism or, you know, but, uh, Oh, the hypocrisy of them saying that they, uh, are the party of, um, you know, a strong military and they're withdrawing here. And there. So there's all these places where they can be hypocritical, but not in racism. Like you have to live up to the racism. <laughs> you can't just say, I'm going to do a racist thing and then not do it. Like you have to deliver. Otherwise, Ann Coulter will call you out on your bullshit and be like, yo, this isn't racist enough. You promised us a, a big, like 10,000 mile long uh, racist block of, shit in the middle of an uh of 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 the continental divide and uh you're not delivering on it that's the one that's the one time that he's going to get people calling him out on it by his name so um that happened and yeah to your point i don't think like there's there's no reason for the democrats to back down they don't have to they're they're not the ones being being blamed for this we've funded we funded 250 years of government without having a huge wall on the border. The Democrats, the Democrats aren't the ones asking for anything uh, new or special. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not usually, you know me, I'm not usually one to just like rush to the aid of the Democrats or anything. Sure, like that. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, the fact is that, it, it, you know, nobody, nobody even re- remembers government shutdowns. Anyway, they never play into, there's no electoral penalty that you pay. For being the guy, look at Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz just won re-election. He he's this guy who single-handedly caused the last government shutdown and walked away from that back in twenty thirteen. Yeah, twenty thirteen. Walked away looking like absolute shit. Yeah. Nobody in his party even wanted to talk to him anymore. And he beat. It didn't matter. He still beat a strong challenger in Texas. Yeah, sure, but like that guy, they're thinking about running him for fucking president and. He couldn't even beat Ted Cruz. Donald Trump could beat Ted Cruz, dude. Donald Trump beat the fuck out of Ted Cruz. Um, so I guess, no, I don't see it. Uh, 
I see what I look. Here, here's what I think will happen. I think that over the course of the next week or two, there will be procedural and maybe judicial remedies applied along the edges, like a bunch of band-aids that will make it where it's like, okay, well, we can refund TSA through some emergency funding, or we can, um, you know, get the parks back up and running. That would be fucking nice. Uh, the, yeah. I, I keep seeing these stories, uh, some up and I think it was Yosemite maybe, uh, like chainsawed a, a fucking monument or something like that. It's like, cool. like what the fuck is wrong with these people? They're just fucking animals, and you know, with nobody on staff to uh, to watch anything. It's just like, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Don't ever forget. That's a great metaphor for just yeah. us as a people. Don't yeah. ever forget that <laughs> a park ranger or just like a guy with a with a walkie talkie and a whistle. Yeah. In most cases. <laughs> is the only thing stopping the people of this country from just chainsawing it to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) We don't deserve anything. No, we don't deserve anything. As a people, we just stumbled on an enormous, like half of the planet that nobody had found yet. Just by like, except for the millions of people who had already found it and were already here. And that had the misfortune of being here. When uh, when when we showed up, um, I say we because you know I'm a, a of of, a, of Spanish descent. Yes, you so are. So I'm, I'm one of the worst colonizers that there are. Because um, <laughs> I can sit here and be like, "Oh, I'm Puerto Rican. You white boys are crazy." But the fact is, I'm Spanish, which means I'm part of the problem. Uh, so. <laughs> And I, you're, I, and could, I don't even have to get into. I don't even have to get into your problematic lineage and all the things that. <laughs> I wish you could hear the digital uh, distortion from our connection that just happened. You you went. I'm Spanish. <laughs> 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 so funny. I'm Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so the government shut down. We wanted to talk about it. So we brought on our next guest. I'm just kidding. We don't have a guest. We, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to get into the, here's the problem with the, with the conversation about the government shutdown, in my opinion. And this will be the last word on it, unless you have anything else to say. I don't like the rhetoric around it. It's another one of these things where we talk about like disingenuous rhetoric or rhetoric that that the the Democrats or the left are, are coming at it the wrong way because the the argument is we don't want to fund the wall and like it, you said that Mexico was going to pay for it you said that the United States wouldn't have to pay for it and then you go down this like sort of back and forth uh, about well the, 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 the there's this like imaginary concept that Mexico is going to pay for it through some sort of like tariffs or uh, economic impact or withdrawal of um, withdrawal of of foreign aid which none of that if you none of it even holds up to the slightest scrutiny uh, but still you're attacking the problem wrong the the argument should be we're not going to pay for the if you're on the left we're not going to pay for the wall because it's a symbol of hatred it's a symbol of division and the fact is if we're going to pay for anything it should be to fix those countries that we fucked up and caused people to come from them nicaragua guatemala these places that have been the launch pads for our worst ideas in empire building and our worst uh our worst practices in regime change and undermining social, uh, undermining democratically elected leaders for decades, for more than a hundred years, we've been fucking around in Central America. And then some chickens come home to roost at a time when we just so happen to have like the most racist president ever, which is saying something. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and we lose our shit. Like, oh my god, this has been happening every of yeah. Like, of course, that's that's something that that's something that we fucked up. That's something that we broke. So conversations all wrong. I'd love to see somebody on the left enunciating that and saying like, no, not only are we not going to build a wall, but we should take in every one of these people who, uh, who, who in their home cities and villages and towns have had legitimate government hollowed out because of us intervention and horrible, violent, uh, narco traffic, uh, narco governments 
replace that, fill that void. I mean, it's it's our fault. This shit didn't happen in a vacuum. We caused it. And uh, I, I don't know. I'm not going to get into the whole history of it. But if you wanted to go back a few months and listen to um, a great distillation of it is uh, was done by Jeremy Scahill on the podcast um, Intercepted, where he went through all of our sins as a country. And, you know, get here's the thing. Get the CIA out of Central America. Get USAID out of America, uh, out of Central America. Get um, the military, the the remnant, the leftover militaries and the military operations that are, you know, training, that continue to train a lot of these um, corrupt regimes. Get them all out. That's a start. All the people who are actually gathering on the border and who do live every day with the threat of having to go back to their country and probably get killed in the street or in their homes or in their beds, take them all in. That's the price of doing business, asshole. You had to go fuck around in Guatemala and Nicaragua, Honduras for the last hundred years. That's the price that you pay for the people that you displaced. You have to take care of them. And then we'll have the conversation about border security that does not involve a wall, but involves keeping everybody south of our border safe from us. Honestly, because that's what the real border security should be. Mexico and all of Central America should be <laughs> should be working on their own fucking walls to keep the CIA and USAID and our military out of their fucking countries. Because all we do is cause problems there. Damn, Q's fired up, guys. Yeah, I didn't even think I was going to talk about that coming into this. I thought we were just going to bullshit about the government shutdown, honestly. I had to get up on my high horse and put on my dad voice. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up with the oscars and golden globes yeah right <laughs> what's up with that whole crazy stuff tricks choice is happening right now as we speak what's your favorite thing that you watched last year the single one thing movie tv music video i don't care could be the fucking what's his name uh could be the uh donald glover video i don't know what's the best thing you saw last year um this is hard see i like doing this yeah. to you because you're mr lists and you love doing this shit yeah but i always tough. i always throw it at you in a different way where that you haven't yeah. really considered or thought about i was <laughs> i was almost gonna answer you uh the, <laughs> the the final scene of uh of uh it's always sunny which was just blew my fucking mind um, but I am going to go to my, my pick for my favorite movie of the year, a specific scene. Uh, that was like, to me, like the fucking greatest thing I've seen, like on, like in cinema this year. Um, and as Isle of Dogs there, did you see it yet? No, I haven't seen it, There's but I never a, will. So don't yeah, worry about spoiling it. There, it's not really a spoiler. There's a scene and it, it's not even for any particular reason. It's just like almost like a throwaway shot. But it's, you know, and you know, the movie is like stop motion animated and like, you know, like beautifully stop motion animated. There's a scene where a sushi chef is making sushi in stop motion animation. Yeah. And it is just the craziest fucking thing. Like, it's so beautiful. It, it has nothing to do with the story. It's just like a cool shot. Um, and it, it's like, you see the fish moving and he hits it and, and, and like kills it. Cause it's, you know, fresh live fish and, and then he chops it up and he pulls the bones and then he like wraps it in the rice and the, and, and then the seaweed and then puts the sauce and like, and it's just like the whole thing. And it's so beautifully animated in like, you know, that, uh, you know, I guess claymation stop motion. Um, it, it's just, it's the coolest thing. It's something that I think is going to like stick in my mind for many, many years. It's just such a really awesome original thing. Um, so I, I think that would have to be my answer for that question, but there's a lot of really great things happen in movies and television this year. Somewhere there's like this young kid out there who's on, I don't know, Snapchat or Instagram or something. And is like writing up a, a social media post and he's writing his first N-word in a social media post. And he doesn't know it, but he's disqualifying himself from hosting the Oscars one day. Yeah. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to become a wildly successful uh, EGOT owner. <laughs> I would love... Who's the person that you could... That, like, if their social media is... Like, there's, they should be so above reproach 
But if you like went back on their old MySpace pages and you found like a bunch of problematic language, that it would be the funniest. I'm going with Lin Manuel Miranda. It would be hilarious. <laughs> it would be hilarious you know, if you found a bunch of, of inappropriate him, shit from like 2004 <laughs> on his MySpace I page. I haven't seen the Mary Poppins movie, but when I see like the trailer and I see him in that movie, it's the most uncool thing I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, that's because you're racist against Puerto Ricans. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I um, we were in Puerto Rico and my niece and my daughter wanted to go see that. And so we went. And at the last second, when we were about to walk into the theater, I was just like, I'm going to walk into Aquaman. It's starting at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well I done. Saw, I saw Aquaman while they watched that. I'm they so, proud. Like I'm it, so proud of Aquaman. It, it has crossed a billion dollars. It's the most successful DC movie ever. It's, yeah. it's insane that people have actually connected to something so fucking ridiculous and just wait how do you think that that's insane i think that you're insane for thinking that and that you're showing your colors as a snooty film critic guy that and i'm not the first person to say this a lot of people have said this aquaman is the perfect dumb guy movie yeah it's made for dumb guys (laughs) it is and every dumb guy has a girlfriend so instead of one ticket you got to get two and that's why it's over a billion dollars. I was probably the only person in there sitting there watching it by myself like an asshole. I, like every other dumb, every dumb guy that I looked at throughout the whole theater had his own dumb girlfriend with him and they were all watching it. But you got you got to remember, though, that ever since The Dark Knight and then it's continued into the Marvel movies, um, comic book movie fans have have like decided that they're like a lot smarter than they are. No, I completely disagree with you. Comic book um, movie filmmakers have decided that comic book fans uh, want, no, want I, smart I don't shit. Think so. I don't Who's think a smart so. comic book movie no, I, I, like, I'm, consumer? I'm telling, you, I'm telling you, a lot of people, if you were to ask them what their favorite like serious movie of all time, they're going to go on a big rant about how it's The Dark Knight and how it, it's like the smartest like movie and it's smarter than all of your Oscar winners and all that stuff. That's a bunch of weird. That's because you live in (laughs) Vegas around a bunch of weird libertarians that all like that all somehow made it that joke, that the Joker was the good guy in that movie and and agree with and wear like Joker t-shirts and shit like that. I'm telling you, man, I I see, I I follow the movie shit. I'm telling you that people think superhero movies are a lot more important than they are. And I think Aquaman just shits all over that and does it so fucking beautifully. And I I can't, I can't say a bad word about the movie. It's just the best. What Joker Um, would you go as Halloween as for Halloween? And I asked that only to be able to answer it myself because um, the Joker that I would go as for Halloween is from the dark knight but the one where he's dressed up like a nurse nice nice that's good because <laughs> that one is like whoa that's fucked up he's that's fucked up he's doing that that's crazy did you hear this rumor about the uh the the uh walking he fletcher's alive movie? no about know. the walking finish joker movie no what what about it i mean so, that's not a rumor that's a movie right that's happening no 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 it's a movie that's happening there is a rumor going around i have no idea if this is true so i'm not going to say spoiler alert or anything like that uh but that it is not a joker movie and that okay. he's just a cra- he's just a crazy guy who's thinks he's the joker which i think would be pretty that's fucking cool. interesting yeah if he was like a if he was like a reddit guy yeah. or something yeah exactly. and who exists in the world that we exist in like yeah, exactly. where batman and the joker are comic book characters yeah yeah that's cool I think that that's would be a cool idea great. I, I hope they do that that'd be awesome yeah that's a great <laughs> idea what's the movie where uh rain wilson pretended he was a superhero it was like kind of the same thing he pretended he was a superhero but he was Isn't that called super was it? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think I ever actually sure. saw it. Yeah, I, I remember it. I just don't think I ever saw it. Everybody was sure, like, coming off the office, they are like, this guy's going to be the guy. This hey, guy's going to be <laughs> the next, like, he's going to be the next big comedic actor, but he's just so unsettling to look at. He's so they're, bad in Meg. 
He, he's just oh, really? so, he's so bad. It's just unbelievable. Um, he was bad in this movie um, a long time ago before I started watching The Office. And I, I, I asked, like, why is this person on the film screen right now? And and the person I was at the movie, th- it might have been you. I might have seen this with you. Um, Super Ex-Girlfriend. He played the best friend in Super Ex-Girlfriend. And he was so unsettling and distracting and playing this character. And he did that move. You know the move where they introduce a character and there's like a little wink and a nod. Like you're supposed to know who the actor is. Right. And like, yeah, they did that with him in that where it's like, oh, my God, isn't it so weird that Dwight from The Office is in this movie? And they played he played the character that way and they they wrote the character that way. But um, like I didn't know who Dwight from The Office was because I hadn't watched that tv show yet at that point and uh i just couldn't stop i was like why do they keep bringing this guy out what the fuck is he's not funny (laughs) like there's nothing interesting happening when he's there um i don't get his attitude so yeah i feel like rain wilson is like the white version of remember when tupac did juice and then basically turned into a gangster like in his day-to-day life yeah, I feel like that's Rain Wilson, like turning into what's his name, Dwight or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And in the office, yeah, that's become his whole thing. Since he's then. a total like uh, hashtag resist guy on Twitter. I, I used to follow him, <laughs> and I don't follow him anymore. But he back then he was like, like one of those guys that would like be like, oh yeah, Mister President, maybe <laughs> you should try a little harder to read and shit like that. So I don't know. I never, I never really came around on him. Oh, I'm, I'm here for Jim though. Jim is the shit. Yeah, whatever doing, his real name is, he's doing a good Jim. job. Um, you know, while we're on the topic of movies, uh, I do have a, a pretty awesome thing that's happening here. Um, as, as you know, I still haven't seen Roma because I was refusing to watch it at home. I want to see it in a theater. And there is a new movie theater that's opening this week uh, in North Las Vegas. It's called Maya Cinemas. They uh, are supposed to cater specifically to like underserved communities. And uh, they are going to be playing Roma next week. And I'm finally going to cool. fucking see it in the theater. And I think it is because of me that they're playing it because I went to the grand opening just so I could talk to a GM and I went, I went right up to him. I was like, hi, my name's David. I have a movie podcast piecing it together. Um, I really want Roma to play in this city. Can you make that happen? And they were like, well, we don't really have it planned or anything, but we could look into it the next day. They said, orale, white boy. Oye, pero no. So He's yeah, not, I'll see in Roma next week. Finally, it's simply not possible. <laughs> Netflix, Netflix, the distribution is so strong. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm supposed to. Laugh. I just want no. You are not supposed to be laughing at that, and I just want to make it clear. I'm allowed to do that. I know that I like if you, or if you are if you are a first time listener on this podcast, you're like, who is this motherfucker? With his perfect non-regional diction that doesn't betray any type of uh, ethnicity in it. I'm allowed to do that. My last name is Quinones. I can do that voice that I just did. I can't be canceled for that. You cannot. I can be canceled for other things. I can't be canceled for that. And I, I saw a headline on Facebook the other day that said that cancel culture is canceled. Is that true? It's true. I heard. Yeah, it's it's now the new thing is um, is is murder culture where people are people are just literally ripped out of their homes and dragged through the streets for very minor offenses. Just uh, like any like name something loitering murdered. I was going to say you stole a shopping cart, but thought thought crime. I got to say Las Vegas definitely leads the country in stolen shopping carts. Probably. They're everywhere. You can drive through any neighborhood and there's just shopping carts in it. <laughs> like your neighborhood is so nice. It's like this nice upper middle class neighborhood of like McMansion style houses that are all, you know, pretty like pretty expensive relative to Las Vegas. And there's a shopping cart in a wash somewhere <laughs> like on its side. Uh... So that's good. That's our Oscars coverage. Good. I liked it. We'll talk about it more at the live show in February. Who wins? The week right before the Oscars. 
Yeah, that's not settled yet, but um, whether whether the, <laughs> the outline will include that. But who who wins the Oscar? Who wins it? Who's Mister <sighs> Oscar or Miss if, Oscar? If I had to guess right now, I would say Best Picture is going to go to Roma, even though I haven't seen Good. it. Good. Good. Um, I that's not what I want to win. I'm just saying that it will. Uh, I would say Best Actress goes to uh, what's her name, Glenn Close over Lady Gaga, even though Lady Gaga should win. Actually, Tony Collette should win, but she's not going to get nominated because A24 is doing this weird thing this year where their movies, every critic calls their movies the best movies this year. But they're not doing a single penny towards Promotion. an Oscar push. I don't know why. Huh. They will not put any money towards an Oscar uh, push. And it seems like uh, her performance, Ethan Hawke, in, uh, when first reformed, is not going to get nominated most likely. I mean, if he does, can, it's going to be kind of surprising. But. Can big actors and actresses who have the budget to do it, or even like a director who has the budget to do it, can they do their own campaigns? Has that ever it, happened? That's or does it question. always have to be the studio? Yeah, that's a good question. It. There might be a rule that it has to be the studio because, the, I mean, it's certainly – I don't think it's happened before where an actor – I mean, like, well, how can you enforce that rule? Like, who cares who pays for the fucking yeah. box of, like, the the box of chocolates that have, like, uh, Ethan Hawke's face on them? I mean, yeah. <laughs> with wearing a, wearing a priest outfit. Like, I got to imagine cares? that Ethan Hawke uh, wouldn't put the energy into that. I mean – he just doesn't seem like the type. I don't know about Tony Collette, but um, has Ethan Hawke won an Oscar? No, he hasn't won no, one. No, right? he never, he never has, and he should this year. But not even for uh, Reality Bites, huh? No, not even for Reality Bites. It's just another example of reality biting, right? <laughs> you know that movie? Um, it's pretty, pretty yeah. prescient. No. It told us up front when we were kids, like, "Hey guys, Gen X, get ready." Yeah. Reality is gonna bite. And did we believe them? No, we, we didn't, didn't even we listen. We should have. We should have. We didn't. We didn't. And then what happened? We all thought Ethan Hawke's character was so cool. And then when we were in our twenties, we decided actually Ben Stiller's character was the one who was cool. And then when we were in our thirties, we decided that uh, that Winona Ryder's character was the one who was cool because she's she stole money from her parents and mm. now that we're staring now that we're staring down the barrel of 40 we think that the the one that died of aids is cool because he got a, he found a he found an escape clause yeah. to get away from all of it he found that, a way that, to like not smart. have to deal with any of it that's the move that die crazy. of aids in 1994 <laughs> at age 20 <sighs> so what's next um what do we got? You see this thing with, I don't know. I'm not going to get into fucking Beto's orthodontist. I thought that was hilarious though. Um, I don't know. I got nothing on that. What do you got? You got a I joke? Don't, I, I don't Plan know what words? that means. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. I, I didn't. So um, uh, AOC, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, longtime friend of the show <laughs> since before she got famous. Yes. Um, like she's, it, it just shows we, I see this in my day job, right? Working in corporate communications and PR and marketing and stuff. And even when I was in media, I saw this, right? Like a thing that works is just immediately copied and um, and shamelessly repeated the, the moment that it that it hits. It reminds me of the old, there was this, and I've, I've tried to find it and I've never been able to find it, but there was this old cartoon, like an editorial cartoon that, it was maybe in the New Yorker or something like that. And it said like, it showed a room full of movie executives and the top caption, it was two, two, two panels, right? The same picture room full of movie executives. And the caption was what studio executives should learn from, from Titanic. And the main guy, the boss at the front of the room was saying like, Maybe we should not be afraid to give uh, full creative freedom to auteurs and people who have incredibly strong visions, and <laughs> and be uh, and and uh, and be committed to helping them realize that vision and uh, not interfere with the with the creativity. Instead, we should just be like the the people who write the checks, right? And then below it, it was the same picture, and it said, "What studios will learn from Titanic?" And it was the same guy, but he was just saying. Boats. We need more movies about boats. Yeah. And that's, 
<laughs> so I say that to bring us to Beto, who is one of the many people who is uh, trying to capitalize on this just brand new found thing that nobody knew about before the beginning of this month called social media because <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has made um, a lot of headlines and has gotten a lot of attention by Instagram living a lot of the more basic or mundane parts about becoming a congressperson and um, has actually done a really good job of illuminating some things that were pretty obscure that we didn't really know about, like these freshman orientation classes that they have that are hosted entirely by corporate interests where they sit them down and teach the incoming Congress people how to sell out basically. <laughs> and, you know, lucky for her, she has a huge constituency nationally of people who love her and give her small dollar donations. And so, she, you know, the corporate money is not only is it something she doesn't need, it's something she actively avoids. Right. And um, so, you know, great, great for her. She's kicking ass doing uh, on the social media game. And every time people come for her, they just end up looking stupid. And she's, you know, uh, it's not like she's like a comedian or super funny or anything like that. She's kind of corny, but she's a, she's 10 times funnier with more personality than anybody else that's sure. out there in the media uh, or in, in Congress. She's, you know, she's. She she wouldn't do that well on Come Town, but she's you know she's great at she's great in the you know in the world she 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 lives in. So whatever, everybody's doing all types of things to try to like mimic that. And one of the things that happened is that Beto O'Rourke took a selfie of himself getting his his teeth, I think either cleaned or drilled. And it was just the first of all, that guy's all teeth anyway. So, and second of all, his mouth is like spread wide open and pulled back with like the clamps and shit. And there's like there's like four different people's hands in his mouth and his <laughs> mouth is enormous. It's just this gaping hole. And he's just like, oh, well, found found a little bit of time to you know talk to my den dentist about some things. And it, I don't remember what the caption was, but I was just completely distracted by all the teeth because each one of those teeth were the size of like. Uh, like a like a like a, an iPhone 10 and they it, <laughs> they it was it was just so distracting and it, what was more distracting was the fact that like you knew what he's doing I mean he's a guy who's done a, a great job on his own um kicking up interest in social media that's how he did his whole campaign that he lost but that he that that he had going against um against Ted Cruz he was like Mr. Social Media but now he's become like Mr. Too Damn Social Media and yeah. I think a lot of people are going to be uh, jumping on that train of like, look at all the Instagram living of all the little mundane things I do in my life that you didn't know about, which is like the thing that we fucking hate the most about social media, right? People taking pictures of their food and shit like that. Yeah. It seems like so, they're like a couple of years late too. Super late. Yeah. At least two, three years, if not more. I don't know. That's weird. What can we jump to? Oh, I'll tell you one. Sure. The one about pr the prisoners eating steak. Have you seen this? I have not. I'm going to bring it up. It's hard right for now. me to keep working up outrage and outrage and outrage and outrage. Headline, Washington Post. Tensions rise in federal prisons during shutdown as weary guards go without pay and work double shifts. Now, they changed this headline because this headline used to say something along the lines of tensions rise in federal prisons during shutdown as weary guards go without pay and prisoners eat steak. Uh, this article is a case study in the way that public relations and and message management works, and I'm going to explain to you why. Same article that's on Washington Post also showed up on the Atlanta Journal Constitution, uh, exact almost word for word, uh, USA Today, and just dozens of other you know pretty large sized um, media outlets that were willing to to print it or willing to send send their their own reporters to cover it or or pick up the story at the very least. Now. When a story like this that's so niche about a big topic that everybody's talking about, when a story like this hits all at the same time across a bunch of media outlets, what you know is that there's somebody pulling the strings behind the scene in public relations. Somebody was pushing this story. Now, the way that you want it to happen so that it seems authentic is that you have a number of, if you're the PR person, you want to give it the exclusive treatment. What I mean is just pick USA Today or the Washington Post, promise it to them and then do what you can to build up the, the momentum of that story. And then the inertia 
makes it land on the pages of other other outlets. That's not what they did here. What they did is they pitched this to every media outlet and every media outlet picked it up. Every media outlet tweeted it. And it was virtually the exact same A matter. It was the exact same quote from the same guard over and over the, uh, the same uh, prison union chief. Um, the same anecdote about uh, prison guards watching while they're um, while the prisoners eat a uh, steak Forget about the just generally problematic nature of it where it's like, and I hate using that word, but I'm sorry, man. If you're trying to say like what the government got shut down, so what prisoners should eat like shit or something? I don't know. What are they supposed to not have the food that was already ordered for them months in advance? Should they just die? I don't know. Forget about that. I'm just concentrating on the fucking shitty public relations work that was done by the union for uh for federal guards because they really fucked it up here because it stank so badly of inauthenticity the moment that the pretty like media savvy world of twitter saw five six seven different newspapers and news outlets publish this start this article at the same time they were like oh wow this is a, a complete propaganda campaign that's demonizing people who are behind bars and is aimed at sowing resentment against uh, against those people as if they did. I mean, obviously, most the overwhelming majority of them did something wrong in their life, but eating food isn't one of the things that they're doing wrong. Like, that's right. not their fault, you know? And so uh, I just thought that it was so shoddy and poorly done. And like these people need PR help, these fucking prison guards, because that was such a shitty executed campaign. What you do is you give exclusivity to one outlet and you hope that they devote enough resources with the, with the understanding that they will devote enough resources to report it and tell it well. Instead, 10 different lazy reporters at 10 different shitty uh, newspapers and um, media outlets picked it up, ran with it did superficial stories that all basically copy pasted the same, uh, the same article from each other. And the, uh, these people end up looking like assholes. My dad was a guard. You know what? My dad would never, my dad would never have felt this way about, about it. He, my dad would never think like, Oh, I'm not getting paid. That means that these people should starve to death. And I think probably most, most guards probably feel the same way. So I, I just wanted to bring that, that article up, uh, that that slew of articles yeah up. i don't know what do you think a lot of fun stuff that we're uh, talking about here I... well <laughs> let's do something a little light more lighter how about yeah. r kelly yeah how about r kelly <laughs> actually I don't, Dude, I don't know. you wrote this down i don't know what yeah. you want to bring up about r kelly but i'm gonna tell you right now be careful because i know what you do with these and i know i know they <laughs> hey <laughs> Hey, these are just suggestions, man. But I mean, the R. Kelly thing has been pretty big pop culture thing right now. I don't, I don't know if you've watched any of the the whole show thing. Sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 I have. I'm waiting to see where you go. I'm, no, I'm not going. I'm not going anywhere with it. I was wondering. Oh, if you your, your voice just got four octaves higher. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything with this. The whole thing is fucking insane. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I, I think uh, I, I do. I do think that he's going to uh, somehow get get away with with this shit. Um, I, I well, do I mean, think would it, would it define get away? Is he, he's not going to go to prison? He's famous. Right. I mean, that's what, well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I think that I think his career is probably over this time, maybe. But uh, I, I do think that he's not going to face any kind of consequences other than his career, and he's probably got money. I, I mean, believe this isn't the women. Just a case I believe the women. Yeah. No, this yeah, is like too. a career of of uh, like a secondary or like tertiary career of cult leading tied to underage sexual abuse. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. I mean, people argue against street justice, but like, I mean, what what do we lose? What do we lose if somebody popped R. Kelly in the back of the head? I mean, like, I think what that's do we the lose? only thing that could happen that would, uh, you know, that's the only thing that's going to happen to him would be that. I, it's not going to get any other form of, of justice. That's for sure. 
So wait. Okay. Let me ask you this then. Huh. R. Kelly. Let's say he does his penance or whatever, whatever the public determines it to be, like two years of his fans, right? His fans. Because his fans are obviously more are obviously a little more forgiving of him because R. Kelly fans, uh, you know. Oh, they, they love him. There, there they was a, him. Uh, he, yeah, he was the, like, the celebrity, you know, host of a party, like what they do in Vegas. I think it was in L.A., though, or no, it was in Chicago, I think. Um, or might have been Miami, actually. But anyway, uh, I, I guess there was these women that were there. They were screaming for, for him to, like, kidnap them. they were like so on board which uh like we were saying earlier we're just we don't deserve anything as a a species but but go on with your point so it's a hypothetical right he comes back and let's say we get like a, a inside view of him you know working out his new creative process and it, it it's the songs are like there's their their titles of like or the, the hooks are like things like damn right i raped that girl she loved it uh she was super uh, you know and then like another track that's like she was super young but y- y- you know that's none of your business uh, you know <laughs> I, I get to do what i want to do stop being yeah. snowflakes uh right and uh and like you know he's paid his he's paid his his penance but he comes back and he's unrepentant and he's yeah. worse and he's, uh-huh. um, you know, he's he's gonna pursue this career path where he embraces that that personality, and he's gonna be the the bad R. Kelly like on purpose, right? What, what, yeah. What's your thought on that? He stay canceled? Does he get recanceled? Does like uh, does <laughs> well, that change your feelings? Well, I, I'm not particularly an R. And I'm Kelly loading. Fan. I'm loading up this question right now. <laughs> Yeah, I know where you're going with this. Uh, I, I'm not particularly an R. Kelly fan, so it's, it's hard to say. But um, but ah. I, I I would say that uh, that me being me, I would laugh and I would I would think it's fucking hilarious. I I would be completely okay with him being canceled all over again. I don't think that would happen though with R. Kelly, but um, I'd, I'd be okay with him being canceled. Yes. So we haven't talked since the most recent uh, career developments for Louis. Um, <laughs> you want to you want to walk people through our our long Christmas text message conversation about this? I mean, I, I, I don't want this to go on forever. I know we both want to watch the uh, season premiere of True Detective, but uh, um, yeah, I know I got a recording. I'm okay. Yeah, but uh, I, here's the thing. Okay, <laughs> I'm not defending. Louis's two minutes of material that that everybody lost their mind over. Okay. Um, However, I do think that it, first of all, I've got so many things I could really say about this. First of all, if it wasn't for the uh, masturbating in front of people and all that, I don't think you or most people would be that upset about two minutes of bad material, like not funny played out semi right wing leaning material. Um, I, I, and, and I think that's disingenuous to, to, you know, cancel him and, and, and relegate him to, Oh, he's become a right wing comedian now um, for two minutes of jokes that any of us make. <laughs> I mean, really when it comes down to it, um, yeah, but you're missing you're missing a little bit of a little element or an, uh, like a dimension of look. Of, look, of he, our did, he did he did terrible things, and he deserves to be punished for those things. No question. I just think the criticism of the material is kind of false. I think it's loaded the the, the criticism of the material uh, with a we have to hate him, and so it's like kind of looking for a reason to hate it. I I just don't think it's that bad. The the jokes he was making they're just they weren't good. But they're not that bad. Here's the here's here's the thing that you're omitting. When uh-huh. we were when we were going when we were going back and forth about this over the break, what I was what you were telling me is that Louis hasn't changed at all. We have changed. 
that we've gotten mm-hmm. to be you well, were quoting be a fucking reason.com yeah. article and you were saying like this okay. guy's actually, no, no, actually no, no. got no. it right Please- Please understand, number one, most importantly, I didn't read a word of the article. I read the headline. I didn't like read most, where, where it was like from. Like most reason.com yeah. readers, yeah. you didn't yeah. read a word of no. the article? Of course. I, I'm not a reader. of. Re- I've never read reason.com in my life. I just saw a headline that said, Louis C.K. hasn't changed. We have. And I said, yeah, that's That's, fucking yeah. that's 100% <laughs> correct because our culture has changed, but – he had he's always said things that are completely you know horrible you know that's always been his style that hasn't changed one bit and those particular jokes are he was clearly trying to you know get under people's skin with them they do sound right wing leaning but i mean you know that you think mm. most millennials are whiny and you, and you think it's like kind of ridiculous. You you support people's desire to be who they are. And, but at the same time, like, eh, you know, like it kind of gets ridiculous at times. Um, you know, like with the, the millennial thing of nothing ever being good enough and that that's ripe for parody. Okay. I'm not going to get into the generational aspect of that because like there's, there's reasons where you can say like, yeah, that's the case with millennials. There's also reasons that you can say like, honestly, millennials have probably gotten of all of the generations to be born in the last hundred years. They've probably gotten the most, the rawest deal of any generation. I, I agree a hundred percent. Absolutely. And, and they also get called. Yeah. They also get called weak when they get called weak by the weakest set of people that have ever stepped their tender wet feet on the planet. The baby Mm. boomers, baby boomers have the craziest misconception of what they are relative to their accomplishments and what they've done with their time on the planet. They're so, so far and away the weakest, most like small vindictive, petty, sociopathic people that have ever and they were handed literally every single thing on a silver platter and all they did was was shove it up their ass and down their throat and right. not do a single fucking thing and bring bring in a whole generation two generations really because my mom is a baby boomer right and um millennial people people who are millennials right now their parents are baby boomers too and all they did was bring in this generation of of people of the next generation who they gorge who they gorged on all the resources before they could even get their chance to you know to to make their own mark on the world so and then spend their waning years their their silver years on facebook complaining and posting uh posting memes about how weak their kids and their grandkids are 100%. 100%. <laughs> so I agree. I'm not going to get into that. I actually I just got into it and that's all I have to say about it. But Well, yeah, um, and and I just want to say real quick because this is like to to finish the point and let, let's kind of move on cuz this could go on for forever here. But I th- I think you're I get it. You don't want to be doing the podcast. I get it. No, 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 not that. I I just think this could be a, a literally endless conversation. But I I think that you and maybe not you, but the 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 point of view that seems to be expressed on Twitter, which is where your point of view seem to be aligning with, is that Louis is now one of those like a baby boomer, you know, just talking shit about the young people and and that's a very right wing thing to do. It's a very baby boomer thing to do. I think that if that camera was on for another two minutes, he may have been making fun of baby boomers. I think he's just a comedian making jokes at other people's expenses, which is something we have loved our whole lives. And that's why I say he hasn't changed. Maybe our, we have, you know, um, and it's unfortunate that that headline came from a reason.com article, but that's what I'm saying is that we've always laughed at other people, you know, and um, that that's all I see him doing in those two minutes. I think, you know, five minutes later, it, it could have been making fun of the baby boomers. It could have been making fun of Republicans and Trump, whatever, you know, it's just making fun of people. Maybe it's just, yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just the, 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 um, configuration that changed because in his old standup, which I was just as big a fan of as you were, um, he, it always felt like he was punching up. Here was some loser schlub that was making fun of things that were much larger and bigger than him. 
And now he feels like the thing that's much bigger and larger than the thing that he's making fun of. Mm. He's punching down. That's the way it felt to me, at least. And that's kind of the core of what, like, fuck it. I mean, the jokes weren't even really that funny, but like, I know he is funny and he'll, he'll eventually come back with shit. That's funny. And, uh, you know, it's exactly. I, I agree with you on that. I, I, I just think that that is a one little two minute out of context clip, maybe a work in progress. That was really shitty. Regardless. I don't think it's indicative of what he is now. I just think it's been tied to, Oh, he is a sex offender. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, well, Oh, we have to, we have to hate him. So here's a bad piece of his, his comedy. Let's, let's, let's use that to define who he is now. And I, I, I just think that's bullshit. That's all. Um, but he can go. So, he can go away forever, for all I care. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done waiting for it to be okay to like him again. Whatever. I would like to see "I Love You, Daddy" at some point, though, because I think it was going to be hilarious. And I know a couple of people who saw it and said it was just fucking incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean nobody can it. stop people from liking these people, though. Like, I'm, what, what is somebody going to is is uh you know is Roxanne Gay going to walk into your living room and shut off? A movie i mean well, uh, yeah okay in that, in that case in that case you're right it, because because it made it like people like that made it where that movie didn't come out so okay that actually she kind of did actually walk into your she room did. And shut off that movie. <laughs> yeah, it, so um i i get that other than that though like going back to r kelly like nobody can really stop you from listening to r kelly like his music's out there if you're a fan of his and you forgive the allegation the the or don't believe the allegations of whatever it is that that you agree that he did or that you think he didn't do then like i mean you're just gonna play um you know clap in the name of love or whatever or what is that the name of it I don't remember. step in the name of love step in the, <laughs> you're just gonna play step in the name of love i mean it's not gonna stop you from doing that sure. like yeah i don't know i almost feel like a lot of these 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 arguments from people like you who make them way more vocally than you these the, a lot of them are slippery slope arguments that are full mm-hmm. of shit and they're like imagining or positing a scenario that doesn't fit with what the thing is that's actually happening so I like our yeah. Kelly people will be like well can we just can, w- what's next we're just going to be uh prosecuting people in the court of public opinion and then they have no say they have no um they have no recourse and their careers are over. And then I saw this Wall Street Journal arg- uh, article today, actually, where they were talking about the unintended consequences of the Me Too movement, right? Which is all of these powerful men in Wall, in Wall Street. Like they, I, I don't know how many people they quoted. I don't subscribe to the Wall Street Journal, so I don't have, um, I don't, I, I, I don't have a key for the paywall. But uh, <laughs> I, I saw excerpts of the article where it was basically like, you know executive and stockbroker and CEO and CFO and uh, unnamed, you know, fortune 500 people and stuff like that, or, uh, you know, Forbes 600 people or 400 people or whatever that were, you know, executives and stuff and whatever they were. the, The point was that they were saying that there's a change in culture on wall street and in the corridors of power where you don't, you you basically just eschew women and like you don't even get within arm's length of one and you don't have a conversation in your office with one unless the door is open and there's three other people there and all these new rules that are supposedly coming out and it's that slippery slope argument it's like oh well you know what if people are going to start getting held accountable for their horrible behavior then it's going to also affect women in a bad way and (laughs) it's i mean isn't there just a way for there to not be a slippery slope and for it to right. just like, can't it just stop right there? Can't it just yeah. stop with, with harassing and molesting and rape? Can't that, can't we just stop right there and not be worried anymore? Yeah, I know. Like, can you, I don't know if I can't whip my dick out and, and, and force them to watch me jack it. I don't know if I can even be around a woman. Like, what are they even for? If I'm not doing that, I don't want to be, falsely accused of <laughs> pulling my dick out and jerking it off in front of somebody without their permission for 10 minutes when I only did it for eight minutes. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's, that's normal. It's just so, normal life. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that's good. I think we can end yeah. on a dick joke. I mean, sounds good. Sounds good to me. We did, we did a solid hour over an you hour. Want to, uh, you want to pl- plug anything? Oh, 
no, just check out piecing it together. We got a whole bunch of new episodes. It's good enough. Do you ever think we'll become um like those hosts whose voices start to sound like each other? No, not at all. You never heard about that? You never... No. <laughs> no. I feel like we're about to go into like a 20 minute conversation about this this thing <laughs> that you know about that I have no idea about. No. I just um you've never listened to Glenn Beck, huh? I don't know if he's still on the radio or not. He he I'm sure he is. Glenn Beck has two co-hosts that sound exactly like him and you think and they talk over each other. They talk over each other constantly and it's you think that they're playing three and they have the same delivery and the same cadence and the same pitch and tone. And uh, you, you just it feels like there's a programming error, like there's three episodes <laughs> playing on top of each other. Oh, that's a nightmare. Oh it's God. the worst. It's so fucking bad. <laughs> West. 